Hello and welcome back to the M&M podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Mizzy. <laughs> so after our... We probably were, haven't done a podcast in about a month, to be fair. Yeah, we've just <laughs> uploaded one, but it took like... It hadn't been on for a month and we recorded it like a month ago. Yeah. I think we both kind of maybe needed that time. I think those last few lockdowns really yeah. drained the bank of creativity and, and ideas and idea, yeah so yeah it's nice to be back um so today's podcast we're going to be chatting a bit about so sort of consumerism but also our experience of it during the pandemic because i think we've both we've had a pre-discussion as always found ourselves <laughs> buying maybe a bit more during the pandemic and just thought it'd be very interesting to sort of unpack that and look forward how are we going to carry on like that? Maybe why? All that sort of things. But before then, we'll be doing what we've been watching and that. So the first thing, um, so I haven't been reading loads, but I've finished my degree for the summer now. So I'm like summer holiday vibes. Um, so I've been reading a bit more and I just finished um, Carolina Donahue's scenes of a graphic nature and chef's kiss it was the thing is it wasn't the usual thing i sort of go for because i'm very much like it's not even like a specific genre i just want like a flawed protagonist and like sort of maybe self-discovery sort of book yeah. Which this book was, as well as being like a million other things, it was also like a mystery, also like ethical conundrums, love, sexuality, <laughs> friendship. I was like, all, all the good, good stuff we've got in this book. It was so readable that, and like, she's incredible at just like, the descriptions were so like fun and like, very metaphorical and all this but also so vivid like in the book she creates a fictional island that's the setting for like this tragedy and um everything else that happens is surrounding this sort of island and all of this and you just so vividly see this island and all the characters and it's just incredible that's who, who is that so who's the author uh carolina donahue who she also so her debut novel was promising young woman which is quite different to this really that's not the same as the film though oh right is it not no no (laughs) which (laughs) i think has been quite confusing for her then yeah she's done this book and then now she's released a young adult novel that i think is a bit witchy um which i maybe won't mind reading because I, i do occasionally still enjoy a good YA um a witchy tale um and yeah a bit of witchy tales like can't go wrong there but she also her and Dolly Alderton did the sentimental in the city podcast so that's sort of the the rundown of Caroline O'Donoghue but yeah her writing is so so good and yeah very just different to anything I've read in a really long time and very I don't know, I enjoyed like the element of mystery in there. I'm not usually a mystery sort of reader and I Yeah, I was gonna say quite you don't normally. Because mm. I know a lot of people love a good like murder mystery and stuff. Like people are obsessed with murder at the moment, aren't they? Um, <laughs> I'm not so much. It, it was, but yeah, I, I did enjoy that like sort of clue aspect, things unraveling, um, the links between things. I think when it's done well, it is really good. The first one is an album. Okay. I think you might know what I'm going to say, but Wolf oh. Alice just released their third album. Oh, uh, yes. And it is an absolute... I, I saw a review and it was like described as a stone-cold masterpiece. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, I literally love it so much. I'm obsessed with it. Every There's not a bad song in it. And I... I mean, you know how much I love Wolf Alice anyway, but they, so I was probably going to like it regardless, but um, God, it's just, I really love how they do so many different kinds of 
sort of genres and they just like flick between them like song after song and Mm. it's not like it's not just like a straight rock album like they have these kind of like the last man on the earth is the piano one and have you heard it have you listened to it no i haven't actually listened to the album and i don't know why because i knew it was out but i just i have a bit of a (laughs) i don't know why with music i just if i know there's a big album and stuff i find it really intimidating and i don't know i'm like i can't listen to this all at once i need a few comfort songs no yeah i just i just think that a lot of the reviews and stuff are describing it as their like well as their best album Mm. but as their most kind of like succinct one like Mm. you can tell like they've kind of matured a lot and there's a lot of like like you can see how she uh the lead singer ellie she was seemed she's quite like a shy person but she said something before about how she was like, oh, I didn't know if I could write a song again. Like, I just didn't know if I, like, still had that ability anymore. And, like, how she still kind of had a bit of imposter syndrome mm. about if she was talented or not. Yeah. And now, like, you can kind of hear it on this, <laughs> After like... After you've just won a Mercury Prize. She's really stuff. good. Yeah. <laughs> really enough. good songwriter. Nervous. I know, People, yeah. like, It's so easy. <laughs> like yeah. But now you can hear it, like... I also listened, heard her say something about how she didn't really consider about how being a vocalist was like like an instrument mm-hmm. in a way. And she used to sort of hide behind playing the guitar a bit and think of it as like it's a band, it's more that. But she was like, like now in this one, she's like, actually, no, like her voice is an instrument because she uses her voice like really differently in all the songs. She does that sort of like almost like spoken wordy kind of like half rap half singing type yeah i, I love <laughs> thing that. really well um but yeah definitely you need to listen to it but you need to listen to it like all the way through like in order mm. i think i love doing that when a new album comes out like not shuffling through it like listening to how they change from mm. song oh which little special mention to this one song it's called delicious things and there's a bit it's about her like being in LA and sort of how like cool that is and there's one line where she's like can you believe a girl like me is in Los Angeles or something and then there's a bit where it's you know like sometimes in songs they do like an actual like a recording of their voice saying something yeah like like so it's like a phone call and she just goes hey, is mum there? And then starts singing, it's just me, I felt like calling. And But the way she says it is like, like it like proper strikes you with like the heart because yeah. it's, you know, that thing where you're like far away from home. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are or how, like what you're doing, how successful you are, whatever. Like that thing where you're just like, hey, is mum there? Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like calling kind of thing. And that I think that's maybe what I really like about them is that they seem very like. It doesn't matter where they, how far they got in their career. It doesn't matter that they won the Mercury Prize. It doesn't matter that they'll probably re- win a Grammy now. Mm. That's what everybody's saying. They're still like, very grounded in where they came from, and mm. they seem quite down to earth. Yeah, I suppose that's kind of a bit of a thing, isn't it? In like indie music especially or like as, as rock sort of moves into indie now doesn't it because it's not yeah the popular sort of music that it it you want it to feel sort of somehow close to reality versus like a lot of pop mm. and stuff like say like ariana grande part of her appeal is she's so rich and in another like galaxy basically <laughs> yeah, of realm living of things yeah versus like <laughs> you want the people like that you you would see them somewhere that isn't like a massive stadium and you want to like drink beer whatever and it to be gritty or and you know what i mean like it's mm. you want that touch to reality i think yeah yeah well also the whole album i like it when they sort of do it as like a a kind of cohesive story between all the songs and it's not necessarily not overtly like that but with all the things they've put on spotify like you know they sometimes have storylines and stuff mm-hmm. on the lyrics and like pictures yeah. and it kind of 
it sort of goes through like a night out in a way. <sighs> Not completely, but, but I think that's a bit like the what they're going for. <laughs> yeah. And like how like all these different things like like there's one where it's called like feeling myself and it's about how she's like on a buzz from just like when you're a bit drunk and you're just like yeah uh, <laughs> um, and there's one called lipstick on the glass and it says in the description where it's like hair and joel who's a drummer sit in the toilet discussing past heartbreaks or something like that and it's like uh. I love it. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be, like, all one night out, but it's, like, these little snippets mm. from, like, what life is like in... At this kind of age, in, like, throughout your 20s and how a lot of that is... A lot of your emotional range is just displayed in a pub toilet kind yeah. of thing. As it should be. Um... <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. But And I think, yeah, we've really missed out on that in the past... Mm. Yeah, obviously. So it's it's a bit close to home. I think I need to listen to it, but like, as you said, in a full sort of like, set aside an hour and just yeah, listen. Mm. We'll do that. Somewhere. Also, there's one song when we go to the gig, it's called Play the Greatest Hits, and it's a proper banger. And I literally, it makes me want to run around, jump around, like, completely. So when we're at the gig, we're going to be, like, moshing or something. I don't know how good I am at mash- mosh- mashing. <laughs> mashing? <laughs> I'll just have my potato and mash it. Mm, mm, mm. Um, so I might have to practice it. No, home. me neither, but, like... <laughs> Yeah, we can do it like in the living room mosh before. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> before I'll work we on the mosh. We'll see. See how it goes. <laughs> As if gigs actually, like we're talking about gigs. Oh, I know. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeet. Um, <laughs> I've started using yeet a lot because I think it's the funniest word. I've ever. noticed. Yeah. Um, Pat, I don't know how ironically it is being used um by myself that's always the case though isn't it but i'm just going that's like me with lol on the end of text (laughs) yeah (laughs) you say lol a lot i can't stop i can't stop you because it just sort of perfectly (laughs) yeah it perfectly it has that like deprecating humour to it I can't explain it it's like it doesn't matter what you say it's a bit like ooh lol <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah sure uh, okay so my well the last thing I'm going to mention so Sunday afternoon you can picture the scene I'm chilling out on Netflix I flick on Howl's Moving Castle nice. I'm, I'm loving a bit of Studio Ghibli right now so good so good i the thing is i actually think i must have seen almost all of the studio ghibli's when i was like an infant because random bits of them like ring in my brain but like i swear the castle in howl's moving castle was part of a nightmare that i used to have um so that's cute for me um but no i actually i think that is my favorite studio ghibli actually even though I've only watched two quite recently. Yeah. But I love that one. I found it. I haven't seen that one, oh. but my housemate really is obsessed yeah. with that one. I think that's her favourite, so I think it's, it's quite... It's particularly, like... Known. I think it's got a good, like, narrative um, that's driving it in terms of, like, the girl, Sophie, is, like, sort of becoming brave, whatever, throughout it. But it is just so, so magical. And all the scenery is, like insanely beautiful it was like at least a thousand Mm. points throughout the film that i was like i want to live right here i want to live right here i want to (laughs) be in this world um and there's like a little um outside of my uh window at the moment there's like looking onto the yard it's just like a concrete yard but there's like a few like wooden gates and stuff and there's like these pink flowers grow- growing over mm. this wooden gate and we keep looking at it and we're like that looks exactly like a Studio Ghibli paint like yeah. background thing. They, it, they do it's look beautiful. beautiful like and I was watching I was like I can't believe also and I know there is like this is part of just filmmaking in general but the cinematography inside of the animated film is just 
incredible. And these films were made like 20 years, like 30 years ago, some of them. Like, yeah. this was when Pixar was just sort of starting, whatever. These films are like actually were the ones paving the way and very before the time. Um, yeah. But I actually watched it with the English dubs on. Because, I don't know, sometimes I like watching it subtitled sometimes. But this one has been like... It had some like really good actors for the English dub, so it was really good actually, like Calcifer, who's the fire. I love talking about Studio Ghibli's as well because you're like... You describe it and you're like, so the fire, Calcifer... Uh, is uh, the guy who does Mike Wazowski. I think basically the reason why I'm loving them so much is because just how maybe, like, crazy they are. Like, Mm. it's it's imagination, but in the way that, like, you would think as a child. Yeah. It's very refreshing to see. And... But hard to tap back into when you forget how like creative you used to or like it's not that you're not creative now but it's like somehow maybe res- you put a cap on it whereas yeah. when you're a child you're just like there are no boundaries on yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no drug quite like being a child <laughs> no so i think i just love that i'm like oh yeah th- i used to think like this and i can still think like this and it's mad and it's crazy and i love it yeah. And I like being inside the world, so very... Although in Howl's Moving Castle they are within a war, it's still quite comforting to be in the world. <laughs> they are <in. laughs> What else have you been enjoying, Lizzie? Um, so I watched um, Mayor of Easttown. You heard about this? Uh, I've heard all about it, but I haven't watched it. Uh, I won't say any spoilers then, but um, it is just a good gritty like hbo drama thing i just mm-hmm. love a good one of those Is but kate winslet yeah i fucking yeah. love kate winslet as well like everything she's, she's in babe, is yeah. impeccable but i've been reading a lot of things about like how because in this her character is very like she doesn't wear any makeup she dresses a bit like scruffy um because you know she's like a working mum she's got a lot of baggage a lot of shit and is like it basically like she like kind of just like person. a normal person yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't all dress like a celebrity like how in a lot of like um drama things they all dress like impeccably like they've all got like a designer wardrobe and they just well, you, you know what i mean used to like, be a big thing of like american tv shows like in Pretty Little Lies, it was part of the thing. I know it's not the same sort of thing, but, like... Yeah. It was sort of glamorised. Like, they would wake up and look perfect, and then there would be, like, teenagers, and they'd have a new outfit every day, but then also yeah. be, like, searching for this murderer and stuff like that. And it's like... I think that, like, Kate Winslet might literally just wear the same grey T-shirt for all the whole thing, obviously, but... Like but Sam Cowell. <laughs> not quite, honestly, but... <laughs> That was the most insulting thing I've ever heard Kate Winslet be compared to. Yeah, sorry, Kate. Um, <laughs> but there's a thing about, like, how there's, like, a sex scene in it and you kind of, you see a bit of, like, her belly and stuff and mm. it's, like, she's not completely toned and she's also, do you know what? She's, like, in her 40s. She's mm. had a few kids. It's very normal. And most mm. people aren't completely toned. And no. But there's this, like, whole... Um, what's it called? Re- did you say rhetoric or rhetoric? How do you say that? Rhetoric. I'd say rhetoric. rhetoric, but rhetoric don't yeah. quote me on it. Mm. Literally. <laughs> About how like Kate Winslet is like such a brave actress because she, um, like shows her body and face how it actually is. <laughs> I did and a bit of like... there. I I feel like it's it's a bit of a double edge saw that's not yeah. really the right word but do you know what i mean like yeah it is great that she's showing that stuff but it, it also it's so sad that that amongst all the other like actual things going on in the world that are like devastating the fact that that's sort of a conversation and stuff yeah. we're having like i thought we were past all this like just put people on the screen who are people yeah and also it's like i remember when 
when me and my husband were watching it in that scene, we were all like, damn, Kate Winslet looks fucking good, you know? Yeah. And, and it is like, but it was nice for it to be like, yeah, she she didn't look really like skinny and airbrushed mm. and all of that. And they just didn't, like they would have, in normally in filming, they would have tried to make it an angle where it's like, you look completely like smooth and flat all the time. Smooth. <laughs> um, yeah, it was nice that they, and I read something where she like was like, oh, apparently they maybe wanted to change it or something. And she was like, no, keep it like that. Like what the mm. hell? Like that's what I look like. Stop. Because yeah. it also must be pretty like, fuck you for her when people are like oh we kind of want to change the angle because you see a bit of your belly there it doesn't look that great yeah. and she's like fuck off it's fine <laughs> like yeah you know yeah to be, like i'm not i think it's great that kate Winslet is the way she is and it takes a lot of like self confidence and yeah also just like not giving a shit as well which is yeah harder said than done yeah but it, it also feels annoying as well do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a bit of a thing. Yeah, but overall, aside from Kate Winslet's appearance in it, mm. <laughs> the acting is pretty solid. It's a good, it's a nice um, sort of like slow paced um, drama. But one of those ones where they really nail the place that they've done it in because it's like a really specific accent. Mm. Um, like I think it's in Philadelphia. It's set, but it's like actually this town, East Town, is they have like their own specific accent mm. like uh separate to normal philadelphia and she apparently is like a massive accent nerd or something and she ha- mm. always has these coaches who like make them really like ne- it's sort of always sounded a bit canadian in some ways like some of well, the intonations of it quite and high up i think so yeah so yeah um yeah i'd recommend watching it <laughs> Um, so onto our main topic of today's podcast. So basically, I've got a a question really that I've already asked Missy, but I'm going to ask her again. Regarding so basically, Missy, <laughs> do you feel like your consumption has increased during the pandemic? Elaborate, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think so, but. I don't know, like, there could be a number of factors for that, because I feel like, I, like, I work full-time, so I probably have a bit more disposable income, so there's that aspect of it, um, and, but yeah, I, it's like a comfort thing, maybe, it's mm-hmm. like you, like, I especially remember back in, like, the, the, like, the winter lockdown, um, because they're literally, like, you didn't even really want to go outside, because it was cold and horrible, like you wanted to make your space inside a lot nicer and I remember being obsessed with getting a rug and mm. now I've got a rug because I bought it but like and now I've got like loads of plants and I, there are a lot of things now that I'm looking that I've bought and now that I know that I'm moving back home and I don't know how I'm gonna get all of my stuff back home so I've been thinking about how I'm going to get rid of it and so I'm trying to sell things now and I'm trying to give things sort things out that I don't want and to give to charity shops and stuff because Mm. I know I just don't need it so yeah I feel like the past year has been an accumulation of getting stuff that I'm now just going to throw out because I didn't need it in the first place but it was probably just filling some kind of hole because there was nothing else to do really yeah yeah well because that how you feel yeah well I was telling Mizzy, I've been listening to this, the Happy Pair podcast with Eamon and Beck, and they sort of touched on, like, materialism a bit, and it really, like, I don't know, struck a chord with me at the time, and I thought, I have been recently just, it's mostly clothes, I will say, but a Mm. lot, and I think partly I was just excited for the charity shops to reopen, so this isn't even necessarily in the pandemic as such, but coming out of it but then before then like depop i was like i had stuff coming like yeah in nearly every week for a bit do you know i check depop like it's one of my social media apps now do you like when you do the rounds i'm like depop's one of the ones on there depop and my emails you're (laughs) on email i love that is the first thing i check when i wake up in the morning i'm like what's going on (laughs) but 
I feel like for me it felt like and this is it feels so crazy to say this but like that buying stuff or like a specifically clothes like which ended up being the way I would sort of look I suppose was like something I could control within this pandemic I was like if there's one thing I can control it's the clothes I put on my body and the way I'm gonna look so I'm mm. gonna do that but then it becomes like weirdly obsessive like like these jeans don't fit right or the styles just change so I need this sort of jean whatever and I'm like what the hell is happening yeah because I, I don't have enough if, time or places to wear all these clothes. I don't have the money to be spending all these clothes. But yet, it's like, I've got I to. I think there are, there's quite a few reasons I'm going to do a bit of analysis on yeah. right now. So, <laughs> um, one is that because we haven't been able to go places and do things for a year and now we're coming out of it and we want to do that and you can you're sort of like, right, I need to look good. I haven't been able to meet anyone for a year. I haven't been able to socialise. Yeah. I want to look like how the best version of what you want to look like, you want to look like that. And mm. so you need the clothes, you need the outfits, you need all of that to do that. And you also don't want to wear the same stuff. Yeah. So Which there's is that ridiculous. Aspect. But it's yeah. sort of like... True. A, a thought um, process, yeah. <laughs> but also, like... Because there's been a lot of change in the past, like everything's been at a standstill, but the only thing you can work on then is yourself. So mm. there's been a lot of own personal change or growth or whatever. You probably look at the clothes that you had pre-pandemic and you're like, that's not me anymore. Mm. <laughs> so this, or not necessarily not you, but there's like, you, there are other things that you want and there mm. are, and so there's, you're trying to like match that up with who you are now because I do think as silly as that might sound to people, like your fashion sense is sort of representative of who you are and your your personality and that's like a big mm. thing for people who are very into fashion. Do you think that we've maybe like, as much as I, I find myself doing that, do you think maybe there's been like a bit of a commercialising of like the whole self-care, self-growth thing, being like... Yeah. If you're going to be more like quote-unquote high yourself the best version of you you got to look like that but is it that's not necessarily true it may be something we want to do but isn't that just like another way to get people to spend money because it's I, just I, like scapegoating your self-care mm, i do love fashion but then sometimes i get to a point i think how much do i really like it what am i doing at this point like it feels like i've passed something that it, it feels out of my control at this point yeah you were addicted <laughs> i'm addicted to fashion i've got fashion for fashion no passion for fashion <laughs> i've got a fashion for fashion well that's it that's it um, i also wonder whether see i love tiktok <laughs> as much no, as shit. i i don't hate tiktok but i i also can see the toxic tox how it can be quite toxic, toxic. For a few reasons. Um, One, it's addictive quality. But two, I love how the fashion on TikTok is like, it's literally women and girls in their bedrooms creating the fashion trends for the many instead of like huge companies deciding the fashion trends. To an extent, and I think that's amazing. But at the same time, I also find that maybe I'm like being over like exposed to just like everything but in such small amounts that I'm like I I'm not even sure what I properly like anymore I'm like seeing all these different people wearing different things I'm like well that's quite nice that's quite nice so I like all of it but do I really and then I'm like buying and I just wonder if the like quickness and instantaneity is that the word instantness of like tiktok and instagram and just the quantity of it only increases people's want for things yeah and that's definitely true that's that's like one of the the biggest 
problems with social media is that how much how quickly things cycle through mm. stuff like as bad as it was when when companies are dictating to like what um fashion trends and stuff are at least it was sort of seasonal <laughs> it yeah. had a certain it had a certain time mm. um length to it whereas now it feels like every other week there's a different Trend, well yeah. i read something on um uh twitter recently that was like oh fuck what was the word uh there was some word that apparently tiktokers and gen z are using to describe probably like the if you're a bit too like millennial in your fashion sense or i something. think i'm I millennial in my fashion sense now i can't think what the word is i need to <laughs> that's so funny because i remember me and bronte looked at it and we were like oh my god a week we well we couldn't we didn't know how to pronounce the word actually i remember (laughs) us debating about that but like but then it was stuff like wearing like a designer like too many like branded things or stuff like that and then i can't remember i can't really remember what exactly it was i don't think i was quite what it was describing but but then i was like who the fuck cares like fashion is whatever you want it to be so you don't need also I don't, I don't care for this, um, like, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, maybe, I don't know if we are Gen Z or Millennial, we're kind of in the bridge of it, but, yeah, like, I, think we're I, I, I don't want, <laughs> I don't, I'm not bothered about seeming older than that, or being, mm. like, a slightly out of the loop with it, because I, I'm not in the loop of it, and so, therefore, I don't care, you know? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Whereas maybe you're a bit more in the loop in it and that's why it gets to you a bit more, but I just don't. Yeah. This I is think... partly why I don't want to use TikTok a lot because I don't mm. want to get cycled up in that. I did that the first time with Instagram and now yeah. I it's not another one that I want to add to the roster. I think, I, I don't find like TikTok like an actual platform that I would use I, I for, for like if I was creating content, but I find the whole digital world like an incredible place that could be used as a catalyst for like really great change. And also what I find I think is important as well is that if there are all these influencers, say, promoting fast fashion and that's their job, it it's not that like you can just eradicate that because people love watching people do that sort of stuff, but like one hopefully they will change to something more sustainable at some point but also bringing in people who are doing a similar thing but in a sustainable way so the same lifestyle content but from a sustainable standpoint i think is really Mm. important like you know like say tala that grace beverly has she's Mm. like it's not the most sustainable company in the world because we are producing a lot of stuff but what we're offering is an alternative to the fast fashion versions of that so although we're there is a lot of consumerism with it we're doing it in a more eco-friendly way and i think there is a space for that on like say youtube and instagram although you are sharing a lot of consumption sharing a more ethical sustainable version of that consumption is a good starting point and i i follow a lot of that and i i think that's important but it also is hard then to not feel like consuming a lot when you are looking at that because yeah. that that seemingly is like apart from say film and tv and podcast whatever the newer forms of media are mostly centered around buying and selling that's that's yeah, how people that's are paid and occasionally it's a service but usually it's a product that people are either it's an ad that comes up or they're advertising it within their own content Hmm. so it's unless you choose to step away fully from that which then is good for you personally but then if it doesn't mean the issue isn't still there. Just coming out of like the pandemic stuff now, I think it's gonna be kind of interesting to see how more 
in in kind of like what direction the consumerism thing goes because mm. i do feel like it's just it just it's gone straight back to how it yeah. was really like it doesn't it hasn't slowed down if anything it's sort of become a bit more oversaturated because of that whole thing about people making their own stuff during lockdown which i think is great but it's like oversaturates the the market a bit yeah maybe and sort of bombards you with people products all the time and then also makes you think fucking hell why am i making anything to sell this is the only way to make money now and i don't have a product (laughs) it it is really Um, hard because i think there isn't a single job you do pretty much that isn't the selling and buying of goods that's that's the reason people have jobs in the beginning yeah is when we move from bartering like employment whatever that's what came from it so you can't step away from it maybe we should talk a bit more about how like it makes you kind of like how it's that like short-term happiness thing where it gives you a little bit of a oh i've just got this new thing and then like when you get to wear it or whatever but then that thing will be replaced by the next thing that you you'll put that back in your wardrobe and suddenly there's an, another trend or there's another thing that you want that you'll like better yeah. and i think often like as long as you can you need to be able to create a kind of a good relationship with let's just take clothes for example mm. with every single thing that you buy where you're like you will use that again and it will be mm. not replaced like it's just an another thing um and if you don't have that then you need to give it well then you should either stop buying stuff or you need to give it to charity so somebody else can actually use it um yeah well i i think what after that sort of like as i said after listening to that podcast i was like oh like it really it made me think i was like god i've just been focusing so much on like things rather than like experiences and like things that actually do make me happy so I think I'm like definitely making it a sort of like a theme, I guess, in my life to spend less, buy less on stuff. But you've yeah. got, almost got to like the same way you would buy things that would give you that moment, like you said, of like, oh, exciting mm. new thing. It's like you've got to flip it somehow to be like, I'm not buying things. And that's the exciting thing. Like, you've got more space or like more time or an abundance of money because you're not buying and that's got to be the thing that gives you that happiness you know actually when you asked me do you think i've been buying more and i said yes whilst i do think that's true i think i've actually got a different if anything this past year i've got a I haven't got a worse relationship with consumerism. I think I've got a better one because I now completely don't... I don't buy from any... I don't even look at any fast fashion things ever. And I can't... I hate... Even when the adverts come up, like, I don't like it. I look at it and I think, well, that looks shit. Or I just don't even... I was not interested (laughs) in it. I was really annoyed the other day that there was a misguided advert and they'd used Etta James on the advert and I was like don't you tarnish Etta with your shite basically yeah Yeah. and it's like sometimes I look at it and I can just see the lack of of quality Mm -hmm. in it but it's not even just that even the more expensive ones I was talking to some friends the other day about someone who works in John Lewis and she was like this is like a plain white t-shirt and she was like it's like 80 quid Mm -hmm. she was like it didn't look that dissimilar to something that you would buy from Primark, but it's like 20 times the price. And like, I just, I have no interest now in in buying any clothes that are from those things. Or like, I, I think what I'm trying to say is I, I, my consumerism has gone up by, like I am spending more money, but I aren't buying as much. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I think I'm buying some more expensive things from like independent brands. Like I, I'm really excited. It hasn't come yet, but I bought a um, like three months ago. I bought this denim jacket by this. It's like um, 
sustainable fashion thing called Soleil, I think it's called. And they did this collaboration with the intersectional environmentalist. And they, like, painted this, like, mountain thing on the back. And then they've, like, stitched this thing. And it says, like, power to people and planet Mm. or something like that. And it's, like, kind of a bit of a statement piece, I suppose. And I'm like, nobody else is really going to have anything like that. It's go with anything. It's a denim jacket. It's good quality. Somebody put, spent months making that and I was also willing to wait months for it to come like and I think it cost me 70 pounds which I don't think I would ever have spent that much on that before but it's like a vintage Levi jacket it's like good quality it's cool and I'm like that I'm quite happy to spend that amount of money on something now rather than buying 70 pounds worth of like and getting like 20 different items of clothing from something that I just either will break, I will not only wear once, or like I just don't really even like that much and doesn't really say anything about what I like in fashion things, I guess. And yeah, so I feel like I don't, but then again, I think maybe that that kind of relationship to consumerism has come a little bit more from go turning plant based because you think you think a little bit more about where things are coming from and and what um what places you want to support yeah. and do you think i've never really had an issue with wearing the same clothes mm. honestly i literally have one pair of jeans and you know when you what jeans is like one pair that you love and every other pair is like not not good enough i literally just wear that one pair of jeans and i i don't care because i love them and they look good and <laughs> do you think it's like do you think the people you follow affect the way you shop? Yeah, them? yeah, massively. Like I pretty much only follow like I don't follow any influencers on Instagram. Never have, never been interested in it. Not influencers in terms of like like models and that kind of thing. I only follow um, like independent companies and um, like activists yeah. and stuff. So and things through that. So I don't. I, but I didn't use I think I mostly used to just follow either my friends and then like celebrities and I now I don't even really follow celebrities and stuff mm. now because I just don't care yeah. like it's not it's, I, and I think that's been a big change in me over the past year is I did probably care as much as I probably wouldn't have liked to admit admitted it I did care more about those things um but now I don't yeah. so yeah so it's maybe a lot to do with sort of I think that not fully to do with who you follow, but then from that, what what you see to be like important, because I think it is easy when following a lot of say the more conventional influencers and consuming a lot of conventional media or anything like that to correlate having a lot of things having expensive things with being happy and being successful versus it's like you have to flip Mm. on its head what you've been told and find inspiration that is alternative and you use that as like your it's almost like it's people's need for consumerism is driven by like an inspiration to be a certain thing so like if the certain thing you want to be is like say I don't know like helping the planet or even just like as much as having more money you could do that by spending less and it's yeah it's crazy I, I was actually this just made me think actually I was thinking about shopping as well like for clothes especially and it's almost as if because people go shopping online and stuff, but they also go shopping in person. And it's like, you go for a day out shopping and the activity you're doing is like preparing you for life to look a certain way when you're already living life that day, but you're out there preparing to be different somehow. And it's like, Mm. every time you're shopping, you're just like taking yourself out of now and being like, I want to be different somehow. I want, this is for future me, the better me. And it's, it's somehow yeah. been intertwined with, as I sort of said before, like, being better you, like, 
you will never be enough without all the things. And it's... Hmm. That seemed to get that out of your head, really. That's not... Yeah, for sure. Just... <laughs> <laughs> They're just that... Those things are literally just an access- accessory to who yeah. you are. They're not who you are. They're symbolic, maybe, but they're not mm. the root of things. Do you know what, though? I've That's one... Like, shopping. Going out shopping has always been something I've always mm. hated. I've never been comfortable doing it. Because I, I remember, like, when my mum used to take take me to like uh what is it St Stephen's mm. in Hull that's like the shopping the shopping mall <laughs> um I, f- I mean when I was younger I hated it because I wasn't comfortable in my own skin mm. and I didn't want to wear like going into a changing room and not something not fitting and the lighting in changing rooms just makes you feel crap about yourself <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that's about but then you just sort that do you know what the and- changing rooms feel like like someone switching on the lights in a club after a night out and it's just like oh yeah <laughs> it's like why would you do that yeah it's yeah and I think then back then it was an uncomfortable experience because I was like I knew I had to get close obviously yeah. but I just didn't want it it made me feel crap about myself and also I think it was worse because that was something that fundamentally girls always wanted mm. to do. And especially where we grew up, there was nothing to do really. And so that would be the thing you would go to yeah. St. Stephen's. And that was from like and quite a young age. Like just... that, once you were old enough to go places, say like 14, whatever, you went shopping. And that was our yeah. thing for like our teenage years. Yeah. Like shopping and... was the activity, which is, it's not an activity, it's a, I don't know. It is, but it's also... And it would... It's also not just, like, the clothes, is it? It was, like, the whole thing. It was, like, going to Starbucks and getting, like, a coffee that had, like, a frothy... Yeah. And it just something that looked with your name on it. And then, like, people putting that on their Instagram things. And, and like, now... Like, so, like, yesterday, um, I went to London for just for the day... And because me and my husband, we, we were like, oh, we wanted to go shopping. We wanted to go around the charity shops and stuff. We ended up going kind of late and um, she wanted to go to Harrods. And I'd never been to Harrods before. Wasn't really that fussed on going, to be honest, but she wanted to. So I was like, okay. I literally, I, <laughs> we got in there and I think she's probably a bit annoyed at me because I was just, I get this thing sometimes when I'm shopping and I just become the grumpiest mm. person in the world because I don't want to be there and it just makes me feel tired and exhausted mm. and just like really like, ugh. and I walked through that place and I was like, it was just full of security guards, which just in itself made me feel just uncomfortable. Mm. And, and then just like the the luxury items just on like a stand in a glass box like a handbag in a glass box and I've never seen jewellery like mm-hmm. that before the way it was displayed and stuff and even in like the food hall part like I was it all looked good but I was like looking at it and I was like mm, it's places like you though that means that we have a big food waste thing because you won't accept an apple that's got a slight diff- little bit that's not red on or something. And it's like, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, like they're the reason I get a veg box because I'm like you won't, because you won't accept that kind of stuff. And it's just, it. when I was walking through it, it just made me think this is everything I hate about about consumerism and our society and I didn't want to be there and I think in my head I imagined Harrods to be like did you ever watch that tv show Mr Selfridge oh, I didn't watch it but no what you mean on BBC yeah well Harrods Selfridge is those kind of things I imagined it to be sort of a bit like like gift mm. shoppy well it is a gift shop but like like fun and like I imagined like big like decorate window mm. um design things and it was like a musical number it just maybe. wasn't and yeah and <laughs> you know like extravagance but in like a a kind a more um design oriented yeah. way maybe but it felt like just really boring and suffocating and I was walking around and a part of me was like I, I clearly I don't feel good enough to be in here and then I the other part of me was like, no, fucking hold your head high. You're better than these, than all of this anyway. Like, this, what the fuck does that even mean? Have like, you ever seen that TikTok and... that's like, 
Am I better than everyone else? <laughs> that's you. No, that, that's me, yeah. And, yeah, I just... We didn't end up having time to go around, like, the charity shops and stuff, but, like, that's what we intended to do, and we ended up just basically being in, like, stupid, big department stores, and I Maybe was like, this talent. is... Yeah, I do. <laughs> um... But that's sort of just like a symbol of how important like consumerism has become to us because that has become an attraction in itself. Like a a big shopping centre is an attraction when actually the only thing to do there is spend money on things. It's like, yes, there is, you can look at stuff and like there is a bit of showmanship to it, but it's not like going to um, the National Gallery or something where there's like actually things or like... Mm. Big Ben and look at the architecture or something. I think sometimes, like, I'm, I I, suppose we haven't really come to any sort of formal conclusion and I don't think that's always necessary because when do it's we like, ever? you're not going to solve uh, capitalism, are you, like, through a podcast. However, I think it's good to reevaluate maybe, or it's been good for me to reevaluate how much emphasis I've personally been putting on sort of consumerism versus how much I would like to because whether yeah. or not it's good for the environment or not it also is like a personal decision you can actually make in terms of your own like like yeah forget like environmentalism not forever but just for a second like the, it does actually <laughs> alter your own personal happiness something like this because there's effects on money which affects stress and then also the idea of having a lot of things although it's a privilege can be stressful in itself yeah it's it's quite cluttering isn't it like and i know that there is big debate around like minimalism as a thing because it is a privilege but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be something discussed because there are people because it also links to consumerism which is a whole other issue but which is precisely something that puts people in underprivileged positions anyway so um, but I'm always glad to every so often yeah. think about like how much because it's so easy to fall into the trap of buying for ease like of that just instant gratification like especially in a time like this I think it's been like one of the easiest things to turn to but then when you step back and look at it you're yeah. like I've, I've just got a cupboard full of stuff now yeah well now I kind of what I try and do when I whenever I buy something it's I ask myself a few questions like is it gonna last like am I gonna have to replace that in a certain amount of months or whatever or <laughs> what, what is it that Mar- Marie Marie does it spark joy does it spark joy yeah does it like oh like do you really need it or would you rather spend that on um as like throw away as it might seem going to the pub yeah tomorrow because that costs money too but that's like a way of spending time with your mm. friends which it, is one other thing that that choiceful. just remind me of as well is i think when we were in like the full-on lockdown and you couldn't do anything my spending was not low because i was buying stuff but like i didn't have to worry about spending money on like going places and then now that stuff's open i'm like shit like i'm spending like x amount every week to go and meet people which i was spending on clothes and like yeah. i can't do both now like i've got to no, reevaluate it's not and sustainable. Like, one thing obviously brings me a lot more joy and it's spending time with me mates drinking a few beverages <laughs> or whatever obviously <laughs> um yeah exactly so. and it's like i think sometimes people get mixed bit mixed up with that because it's like oh you're spending money on a drink which you drink and it's gone puff that's five quid down the drain or whatever but it, it isn't that yeah exactly so busy what has your day in the life been well the only thing i can kind of think of because i feel like i haven't really been doing anything much but my i've been getting up a lot earlier i've been enjoying I've been waking the, up <laughs> i've been rising no like because i've been doing a lot of earlies at work i kind of wake up now at like 6 7 a.m kind of thing and i had to go into work for an hour on a sunday on my day off at six at seven o'clock in the morning 
because I had to close out at the end of the week because our manager wasn't there. And um, so then it was like eight o'clock by the time when I was leaving. And I went and just like chilled in South Park in the morning, like when there's nobody about and it's like not too hot then as well. But it's kind of mm. kind of cold at that point, to be honest. But just enjoying just actually having a full day instead of like when I when you knew me when I was at home and I won't get up to like 11 a.m if not yeah. later yeah yeah so the mornings are nice I love a good like um that before the world's working up vibe yeah and then like putting an effort into doing like a proper breakfast I like mm-hmm. that nice what do you yeah. have well so when I um not today, but when I did this, when I went mm. to Southwark, because obviously I just come from the shop so I could buy some food. So I bought some avocados and some tofu and I made like a fry up thing with like mm. scrambled tofu and beans, beans. <laughs> and mushrooms, little button mushrooms. I fucking oh. love button mushrooms. Um, yeah, oh, avocado and toast. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love it. What about you? What's your... Day in, day in the life of Emma. Well, the main thing that's springing to mind is yesterday, which was potentially one of the hottest days of the year so far, mm. I stayed inside in the morning because we do this thing at work where we um, each bake something each week. So I was doing yeah. my baking in the sweltering heat, but it was just real cute. Like I haven't baked in a really long time and it felt just so wholesome like there's nothing more wholesome than baking and like the brownies i made are like one of my best um recipes how do you make your brownies like what's in them well the recipe is from bbc good food shout them out and it is it's one of the it's the best recipe for brownies i've ever tried um because it's just like you literally like melt chocolate and like vegan margarine together and then add that to like mm. sugar and then add like the flour and cocoa and then more chocolate so it's <laughs> unbelievably decadent but so good like the whole that recipe like cost me dollars because i'm buying ground almonds which are a pretty penny chocolate mm. like golden caster sugar it's asking for the the good good ingredients but you know you could just get like i have like big like kilogram packets of like cashews and almonds and stuff you could just put that in a blender and then you've got ground almonds you could yeah thank you that's more (laughs) (laughs) i feel like just say it's cheaper than buying anyway though aren't they or not almonds yeah not if you buy them in bulk like from the grape tree whatever you're probably right you're probably right, yeah. but I paid like £2.50 yeah. for this massive, because they didn't have any Fucking small hell. ones. Tried to go to Lidl, because I thought, you know, savvy. Lidl just mm. like, we don't do this. I'll give you some self-raising flour. I'll give you caster sugar, golden caster sugar. Don't bother asking. And I was like, <laughs> okay, intense. Shit, I always want to buy pie nuts, and I go to, and I'm like, five quid for yeah, like this like minuscule little packet. No. However... If you have them in like, Tracy used to make this actually out of one of Fern Cotton's recipe books, not vegan, but vegetarian. And it's like, you would, what's that pastry called where it's all like really thin? I want to say shoe pastry, but I don't think Filo pastry. Yeah, filo oh. pastry. You're right. And it was like a weird tart <laughs> thing, but like savoury mm. tart. And it had the pine nuts in and that was yeah, that out of this world. It's literally so. water. <laughs> yeah. It's near dinner, so we're both like, oh. um, <laughs> I yeah. currently, I've got like six butternut squashes because I had to, I get them in my veg box all the time. And also like they, nobody buys them at work. So I just get them. You can make your, um, reduce from work and creamy pasta. pasta sauce. Yeah. Yeah. But now I kind of want to make a butternut squash tart thing. Cause I also get loads of puff pastry because oh. people don't buy that. And so I just really? get it and freeze it. The co-op yeah. one's really good as well. Yeah. <laughs> I always buy that one. Better than the Just Roll. Sorry, Just Roll. Unless you want to sponsor it, then Just Roll's the best. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, I, I hardly ever bake anymore. And I don't know. It's not, because I'm not, like, the biggest fan of sweet food. Like, it gives me a headache yeah. most of the time. But when I do bake, I'm like, I am 
it's like cottage core vibes up here. I'm like, this is all I need in life. A bowl of ingredients. I, with baking, I feel like I used to be good at baking when I was younger, and now I've flipped. I'm not very good at baking and better at cooking. But yeah. I also find like, I can't eat it all, and it feels yeah. like a waste sometimes. Like, there's not enough. Like if we when we live together, I think it'll be easier because then mm. we can we can just split it, can't we? But yeah, a whole cake. It's just like. <laughs> Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But literally, one yeah. one of the nicest things about that yesterday was that I, I knew everyone at work was going to have it. Like, there's something really nice about baking for other people or just making food yeah. for other people. It's mm. that just fuels a little part of me. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was my day in the life. But yeah, but pick one of the worst days to do it because it was so warm. However, I couldn't have been outside all day. I sat outside for like an yeah. hour and was like, I'm going to... Heat stroke. But yeah, I was like, too hot, too hot. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was the, the day in the life. Um, well, yeah. I think that is it for today's podcast. Um, yes. Welcome back and thank you for listening again after our... <laughs> thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience, thank you, yes. Respecting thank our you, creative licence... Uh, yeah i guess bye (laughs) (laughs) yeah see you later (laughs) see you bye